They say the first cut is the deepest. I used to hear this in songs and glaze over it, thinking, well, I should be okay. Wrong. (laughs) Very wrong. It stays with you for quite a long while. It's a feeling that I wouldn't wish on anybody, but truth be told, a breakdown causes an inner breakthrough. It is where you rediscover yourself and you find your strength and your compass and you steer your ship with a tighter grip. What doesn't kill you truly makes you stronger, so just know that you will push through. I'm Anushka, one of the content writers at Immigrantly. This special Valentine's Week episode is a big one. Not only do we hear from our special guests and amazing co-hosts, but from our Immigrantly team as well. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Immigrantly. I am your host, Sadia Khan, joined by our guest co-host for the season, Shah Jahan. How are you? Hi, everybody. Good. Hi, Sadia. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, this is the first time, I guess, when I'm recording in the evening around Oh, yeah. Seven. I guess we do usually do this during the day, huh? Yeah. And I am tired. <laughs> do I look tired? Because I am like no, so tired. I took a glorious nap. Tonight. Oh, you did. So I feel I feel like I could be up all night. So hopefully that won't happen. Full disclosure, today we are going to talk about something that I don't understand at all. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is breakups. So I am approaching this interview from a place of curiosity and maybe some innocence. <laughs> what about you? I mean, yeah, it's funny. I I haven't been in that many like serious serious long-term relationships, but yeah, I've definitely been through a couple breakups. I've I've definitely like been the reason for an end of a relationship, oh. you know, like definitely for um, mental health stuff for sure. But um but yeah, you know, they're uh they can be rough. Um, ah. you know, when we um were approached by our uh, or when we put the season together I just kind of I guess I didn't think about the fact that and even that I maybe should have that maybe this is something that you don't have that kind of experience with that's interesting to me do you think you've had heartbreak yeah I was going to say this because I've had heartbreak which can happen even if your love or your crush or whatever it is is one-sided right but breakup in my mind involves two people it can't be one-sided yeah. right it can't be yeah i guess you're right ah uh, well yeah that that's a that's a good question i feel like maybe maybe i mean could it be one-sided if the other person doesn't know <laughs> How you feel about them? That's an interesting point. And we'll definitely ask all these questions. Yeah. Uh, But before we do that, a quick reminder, one of the exciting ways to support us at Immigrantly is by becoming a member of our Patreon. Basically for the price of an overpriced oat milk latte, you will get access to exclusive content automatic submissions to our giveaways and an opportunity to interact with our team you can join us by going to patreon.com forward slash immigrantly and please do consider subscribing to patreon 
And now to our guest. So Shah Jahan, do you want to introduce them? So yeah, our guest today is uh, Joanna Carrillo, host of the fantastic podcast Letter to My Ex, uh, which was actually awarded the best wellness slash self-improvement podcast by the Asian American Podcasters Association. In each episode, Joanna reads letters submitted by listeners, creating a platform of healing and personal growth through writing. Joanna focuses on self-love, self-confidence, and self-discovery. So grab your favorite pint of ice cream, a box of tissues, and get cozy (laughs) because today we're talking about breakups. I was listening to your podcast and right off the bat, you have such calm and soothing voice. So even before anybody pays attention to your content, it seems like a very safe place for anybody who's even listening. So my first question is around the concept, because it's such a brilliant concept. How did you come about creating this from idea to execution? So I was quarantine cleaning and, well, let me take it back a few. Me and my sister, we were talking about podcast and saying like, everybody has a podcast. Like, what would our podcast be about? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I have nothing cool to talk about. So I don't have a podcast idea. And then a few weeks later, I was quarantine cleaning and I came across a letter to my ex <laughs> and I read it and I was like, ooh, you know, <laughs> So it got me thinking, like, I wonder if there are other people out there who write letters to their exes. So I went on Google, found stuff on Google, but nothing on podcast, a few episodes here and there, but no, like, strict show dedicated to letters to their exes. So I threw around the idea with my friends and I said, what do you guys think about a letter to my ex podcast? And some said, I actually have a letter to my ex. And I was like, I'm not the only one who does this, okay? (laughs) So that was January. And then February is when I started developing the idea more. And I wanted to quit, actually, because I hated the sound of my voice. So we all do. (laughs) Believe you me, we all do. I like listen to my first recording and I'm like, is that what I sound like? Is this what everyone else hears? So thank you for the compliment that my voice is soothing. (laughs) This is so interesting, Joanna. I am curious to know if there was a breakup, a really bad breakup that you went through and how did you cope with it? So listening to both your openers about how dating In the Filipino culture, it's hard to date too. You focus on your studies, you go to college, you get a job, and then you date. So (laughs) during high school, when I started getting all those little crushes, like I couldn't talk to my mom about it. And it was like, do I tell my sister? Is she going to tell my mom about this too? So writing became kind of my outlet. And if those crushes would, you know, break my heart, so to say, or turn me down, I would go into writing and write about it. And I think writing letters was my coping mechanism because I couldn't or didn't know how to communicate my words properly. And 
I wouldn't say there was one specific breakup because it just started as writing for me. Do you think, um, I guess along those lines, do you think breakups can like lead to serious health consequences? What do you think? I think it can. I was actually thinking about doing an episode regarding that. I'm no expert about like mental health, so I didn't want to talk about it, but get someone else to talk about it. But I do believe so. Like you become in this rut of you're not worthy. Why did they break up with me? What did I do wrong? And then it becomes more focused on yourself rather than like a whole picture scenario. And I think that just puts people in a downward spiral sometimes. Joanna, I want to circle back to what you said about breakups and the way I understand it. Your breakups were more like crushes gone wrong, right? I'm curious, how do we define breakups? And this is something that Shah Jahan and I were talking about in our intro as well. Does it have to involve two people for it to be a breakup? I would not say two people need to be involved because I look at it as unrequited love sometimes where it's one-sided and that's still considered love. It still has the term love in there and in your heart, you might feel like it's love, but the other person might not. So technically it could be a breakup for you personally. Mm, And yeah, one of your letters was was on on that very thing, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) Now that you've read through so many letters and each one has its own iteration of what relationship and breakup looks like, and I've been listening to quite a few of your podcast episodes, do you have a list of do's and don'ts for, you know, how we communicate, how people communicate with their exes and how they should? I do not have a, (laughs) I feel like that's a very good question. (laughs) Like, is that a good topic? Or, um, I would say I don't because every letter is unique and every heartache and heart and feelings are unique that there's nothing I feel like I could say to help someone, or I guess I could help someone, but be like, you need to write this, this, and this, but that person might not react the same or the person that who's reciprocating the letter might not feel the same way from what my experience is. Mm. That for some reason that triggered in my mind because I did a little bit of research uh, and stuff in college and a little bit afterwards. If you had like some kind of data nerd go in and just like aggregate all of the letters and look at the qualitative and do like a whole analysis of it, maybe like word by word, and then you can look for themes and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, my, my mind just kind of went there. Um, I actually wanted to ask, why do you think you might have chosen letters specifically, like as like a form of healing, if it was that for you? Like, Mm. what is it about letters, about even like writing or reading a letter that you think might be different than like a text message or email? Obviously, like in the times that we live in, you know, we're kind of used to these, I guess, more succinct forms of conversation. I'm thinking of like physical, like letters that I've gotten from people or postcards, you know, like, which I guess I don't get as much as I used to, but there's something very deliberate about sitting, you know, and like, I guess I'm not even sure whether these letters are physically written with pen and pencil. I mean, who the hell does that? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like the act of like having some, something between you and writing and and typing, like that makes you sort of be a little bit more deliberate about it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, it's funny because side note, I heard 
or I saw a post and someone says, who writes letters on- anymore? Only old people and sad poets. And I was like, ouch. (laughs) 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 But I have received some like handwritten, like scans of handwritten letters. I just think there's something that has a connection between pen and paper and like pouring your heart out into it. I think the same goes with typing and like writing an email as well. But for me, I like the pen and paper, maybe because I'm old school and I used to write letters all the time, you know, like having a pen pal it's something enjoyable about getting a letter yeah that that reminds me of for me in sixth grade um i had this this crush that my you know my mom found out about and was not crazy about but i used to hide the little letters that we wrote each other in the back of like cd cases and i can remember i had this one like green day cd and like when you open the back of it you know, like where the CD goes, and then you can hide the, the friggin' letter underneath it and then just like snap. So that, anyway, that's like where a lot of my letters like lived in, high, in elementary school and stuff. That's really, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about letters, I want to delve into it a little more. I want to expand this conversation. Walk us through the process. So if one of our listeners wants to reach out to you and share their experience, what, what does the process look like? Where do this start? Okay, so from someone else's point of view, I, I honestly don't know how people find me. <laughs> I'm really bad with like my SEO or things like that. But I'll receive a letter via email and they say, hey, I found your podcast or hey, I found your website and I wanted to send my letter to you. Or I started listening to your podcast and I want to send my letter to you. They'll send their letter to me and then I end up reading it and it's like just like this amazing feeling being able to listen to someone's vulnerability it touches my heart sometimes and I'm like crying and like this is so beautiful like I feel I feel for them and so I get their letters and I ask them if they want their letter to be read on my podcast so some have said no which is fine totally fine but I enjoy that they shared it with me it makes me feel like I created this safe space for them to be able to share that. And most of the times they'll say yes. Not most of the times. Sometimes they'll say yes. And I'll ask if they want to stay anonymous. Then I'll change all the names and read the letter. And then at the end, if they want an interview or if they don't want an interview. So that's why some letters don't have interviews because they decline an interview. Talking about declining interview have you ever declined or turned down a letter? You just read it and you were like, nope, I'm not going to share this. I'm not going to even reach out to this person because the letter is so toxic or whatever. Um, No, I haven't. Probably because I haven't received like too, too many letters. But there are some parts of letters I've had to cut out because I was just like, I don't think this is like appropriate for me to read or they'll they'll ask to cut out certain parts of it and I'm like I can't because I wanted to cut those parts out so um but I always make sure it's okay with the writer because it's their letter and it's their story so what's one letter maybe in particular that really maybe floored you I think the letter that I was like I need to know more and then she declined an interview so I was like okay oh, is <laughs> um letter 20 it was people who love you tell you the truth and yes, she talked yes. oh yeah and she talked about the how name much, of that yes. yeah that, that, that yeah 
she even picked that title too and I was like this is like that's a great title like <laughs> but when she mentioned like how much she loves this person what they've done for her as like growing and changing her and helping her spiritually and then saying like I'm ingrained in a six-month process that I can't let go and I'm like is it with like someone else or like a process or school or what like I need to know I was like floored like but it, it gave me so much emotion because I'm like this person you could tell loves this other person and is saying goodbye and like why like just felt for them yeah and most of your letters do that I noticed a lot of people take responsibility for what's happened at least I didn't come across any particular letter where blame was being put on somebody else which is extremely brave uh not everyone can do that kind of introspection um or self inquiry for that matter but joanna something that i am curious to know given your background i assume your parents um are immigrants like me growing up in an immigrant household how do you approach healing process and closure and do you think it's more of a western ideal why can't we just leave things open ended i do think it's western westernized <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of healing like i'm still working on my healing journey and like trying to figure out things myself and i'm like everyone's like you're almost 33 and you're married and you have a daughter like you should have your life together and i'm like I don't have my life together. <laughs> I'm still trying to dig deep inside and find my like self-worth. So, it is it's hard. Like closure is hard and I think most of the time we put it under a rug and hopefully it heals itself and time heals all wounds. So, but, you know, it does, but you have to talk about it and you have to bring it up. So, I personally think so, but yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt that as human beings, we seek closure after heartbreak. There are so many ways we can cope with breakups. Media shows us that crying, alcohol, and sweets will get us through it. Or even the phrase to get over someone is to get under another is part of the conversation. I'm Ashley Suarez, the social media manager, and this is how I found closure after my breakup. I simply left. I broke up with my boyfriend of 6 months, left to Brazil for 3 months and never looked back. I knew it wasn't going to last when we started, so it never really hurt, but having that distance made it easy to forget about him and get over him and simply just let it go. There was so much out there in the world to be fixated on one person and one feeling, and it was honestly one of the best things i could have done after that i highly recommend it shahjahan how do you define closure that's a really that's actually a really good question i mean i'm somebody that uh has you know been through my share of you know therapy and stuff and in terms of the right i've actually done a lot of writing especially being somebody in recovery going through like the 12 step process at first it involves a shitload of writing um I personally I'm not 100% sure. I think that it's kind of something 
I found for myself that is like redefining your relationships over time. And it's not like, it's not like closure maybe at a certain time, but that doesn't mean that it's like over for me. I, f- I feel like, you know, just because I, like I have had the experience of literally like making amends to people, for example, for, you know, and owning my side of the street for things that happened. Um, and, you know, and in, in doing that sort of letting go of like what I think they did to me or whatever, you know, and, and to just make it about that specific healing thing. But I think that uh, it's just something that you have a different, it, it just kind of goes up and down with time. I'm not a hundred percent sure that you can really, that I really like get over stuff as much as on a day-to-day basis. It just depends on how for how much of the forefront of my consciousness it's in, you know, without like getting to whatever about it. But, but yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure about um, the closure thing yet for myself. If I'm, if I'm truly honest about it. So it actually wasn't until this last weekend, which is about five months after my partner and I ended that I let myself start to heal. My name is Kylie C. Roberts, and I am Immigrant Lee's creative producer. When I first got out of the relationship, I think I was really focused on what everyone else thought and making sure that I looked like I was calm, that I was not someone anyone had to take care of. And I've, I've really, I think I've, I think I've done a pretty freaking good job because it, it took my body to this point where I literally just combusted and for like five days straight, I've just been weeping. <laughs> and I think what I've realized is that in order to heal for me, I really just, I have got to stop pretending. Who am I putting on a show for, you know? So that's where I am right now. And hopefully it can get me somewhere good soon. I'm so exhausted. Crying takes, expends a lot of energy. All three of us are married. So I am curious to know if, if you guys have ever had that mental breakup for a specific time period in your marriage and you're like, okay, mentally I break up. I can't say we've had that. I mean, we just like, we're very extremely absurdly compatible as anybody that like knows us would tell you. So I'm kind of lucky. Most of the dumb shit in our relationship I do. So I'm just getting better at recognizing like, you know, reducing the amount of time that it takes for me to like (laughs) realize what I've done. But um, but no, I, I can't say... That I mean, I'm thinking maybe there was like a couple, but it's just it's so tied to just miscommunication, mostly on my part, if I'm honest, you know, and thinking because I tend to think of things. I'm very emotional, not very logical, whereas my partner is pretty reasonable and logical and will just kind of say what's on her mind and then move on. Whereas I might, you know, linger on something for like a year. I'm very emotional, too. So I'm like. Every time he doesn't do the dishes, I'm like, it's over. It's like done. It's, over. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I'm also very emotional. I think this is like emotional squad or something. Yeah. Um, funny we're we, all on a podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Sometimes you just, 
maybe it's the expectations i grew up watching bollywood movies i'm romantic through and through and i think that in itself can be problematic because of what you expect in a marriage or in any relationship what do you guys think oh definitely expectations are i feel the biggest reason why we argue aside from like communications but having expectations like i expected you to do the dishes mm. that wasn't communicated to ask can you do the dishes i expected it so i feel like expectations definitely plays a part in our breakups <laughs> yeah i think maybe i mean one difference probably between I'm, i'm seeing with with the three of us so we don't have kids you know so we're leading a pretty selfish existence right now <laughs> so in terms of that like you know i think yeah that communication and stuff is definitely important about communication in eastern cultures there is no emphasis on communication nobody communicates we weren't taught how to communicate i don't have that vernacular i i think i've learned it over the years if i think about wakas my husband i don't think he still believes in it he still thinks everything is a western construct when it comes to showing emotions or talking about emotions it also goes back to how we are conditioned growing up and what we really believe in yes i agree like uh, having sometimes i still have trouble talking to like my parents about things and i'm like or even them talking to me about things and it's like why didn't you tell me about this and it's like it's like you're the kid you're not supposed to worry about these things and i'm like i'm an adult like tell me these things so <laughs> <laughs> so this episode will most likely release after valentine's day and i want to understand how do you see the concept and what do you think people don't really get when it comes to celebrating feb 14th so i was very against valentine's day because yeah i was like it's a commercial holiday and they're just trying to get us with all the candy and the cards and i think inside i was like bitter because i didn't really have a valentine's date so <laughs> uh i think i don't know i think it's just an idea of remembering to celebrate your loved ones and or the person you love and I still have trouble with it so I'm like my daughter is born on Valentine's Day now so I just focus on her so <laughs> I'm like it's your birthday it's not Valentine's Day <laughs> I one thing I wanted to ask you actually about that Sadia is cuz I remember from my time living in Pakistan like Valentine's Day is a huge deal like it's massive huge. yes I remember sending stuff to Wakas before we got married. Like Valentine's Day was such a big thing for me then. And I don't know why. Is it in the same sort of like romantic context? Is is there is there like a friend love context? In Pakistan, I think it doesn't have that many dimensions or iterations. It's okay. it's it is in romantic sense yeah. most of the time. So yeah, but now I think I look at it differently because I I feel there could be so many different ways to celebrate a relationship. It could be siblings, it could be your friends, it could be yourself, right? Right? Shahjan, you and I have talked about self-love and self-care. 
why not celebrate loving yourself? Why do we put so much pressure on people to have a companion? Mm. Or like have be your own Valentine? I don't know. We could, we could start a movement. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> yeah, February absolutely. 14th is Valentine's Day. February 15th is Selfentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's hashtag that. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But yeah. me and my friends in college, we would do Galentine's Day. So we would just do oh, it all yeah, together as a group of girls and things like that. I, I'm just trying to think if it happens in Pakistan. Like I left Pakistan almost 20 years ago and there's so much that has happened since then. Is there a reason why it's so popular for Valentine's Day? Is it as popular here in the U.S. like from what you've seen? I would say, yeah, man, it's just like you go outside, you know, I would say even more so. I, I Well, I don't know about more so, but it, at least as much. I think it's just it's just everywhere. Just like here, you know, I don't know, you walk in and all the stores are on that theme. Like that's exactly what's going on. I'm, I'm, and obviously I'm remembering from my time like in Lahore. And, um, you're just, yeah, there's people are selling balloons outside and there's flowers and stuff. And um, it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's like, I was shocked. I was shocked. And even from having gone so much as a kid and even you know understanding Pakistan as much as I think I do I think I still was very like wow I had no idea this was such a big deal here and I and I wouldn't have expected it personally yeah Pakistan is um, an enigma in some ways you'll see some things happening there that you wouldn't really expect to happen and talking about balloons yes there are these heart-shaped red balloons yeah. everywhere in restaurants and in all different places. Is, I'm just trying to think, is it just a city thing or is that something you would find everywhere? I mean, I grew up in Lahore, which is one of the metropolitan cities. Yeah. So I don't know if it happens in my dad's village. Joanna, I, I had one one question uh, about, um, like, I guess your experience with maybe the Filipino community uh, as far as, so like, you know, for podcasts like like ours or, I you know, South or my other one as well, like South Asians folks will often reach out and be like, you know, thank you for talking about X, Y, Z. I know that you haven't been doing this that long necessarily. You don't have that many letters, but have you, as of yet, even if it's from your own family or something, had the experience of like, wow, um, I didn't know it was okay to talk about this kind of stuff in an open way i'm curious to know um no i haven't got okay. like feedback on that because i've received letters from like everywhere so yeah. i think it's just yeah i haven't received any like feedback based on like oh i could talk about this stuff or like it's okay to yeah. talk to someone or write about it so i think it's just based on the person and not yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean a breakup is i feel like a pretty sort of universal even though it's a different experience for everybody in, in whatever context, but I think that that's, you know, the idea of a breakup is probably something that a lot of people can relate to or whatever. Except for Sadia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like we talked about, because I think then we made the distinction, Joanna, before you came on of like, yeah, maybe Sadia hasn't had the experience of a breakup, but heartbreak, you know, is, is a thing that it's it's not too far along that spectrum or whatever. Which is interesting because I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and there was this one person who talks about culture shock and how they thought that the idea of dating is so different in the U.S. versus where they came from, which is so true. Because in Pakistan, and I've talked about this, dating really starts with friendship. So you're friends, then you get to know each other, you eventually fall in love and 
that's how that's the I guess the path that you follow so I think that is one of the reasons why the concept of dating and how people date even if they do is so different it's kind of so that letter came he's from the Philippines so I feel like Filipino culture it's like kind of the same where you go on a date with your friends and then it's a date it's considered a date so growing up too I'd be like hey mom can I go like to the movies with my friends and it's like is it a boy and it's like uh but there's other people and it's like that's a date and it's like no it's me hanging with my friends and it's like no because friends friends and dating and they just blend together as a parent I guess I don't know <laughs> but I think now the concept has evolved even more do you guys have any insights into what's happening now with gen z i don't know actually i have no idea i mean other than uh, tv <laughs> i suppose which is like a super extreme glorified version of it i don't know i mean honestly it's probably some version of what we did maybe i think the biggest thing that's different is probably i would imagine is the level of communication Right. The fact that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You can just be you know, stuff that old people like us say all the time where it's just like, oh, my God, just whatever. At the touch of a button, you can just, you know, send send somebody like a, you know, you can just, even the fact that you just like like something someone says immediately. You can see when they're typing, you know, like I'm thinking of in my mind. Yeah. Right. Like if if you're waiting for someone, you know, who maybe you're, you've just started dating and they don't like text you right away. Does, does that make you freak out? Do you then like call a friend? Like these are just things that are running through my head. If you don't see those stupid little dots at the bottom of a text <laughs> message, like, would you freak out? You know. So I don't know about Gen Z, but as a millennial, my twin sister is in the dating scene right now. So I get a lot of updates from her and I'm like, how do you keep track of all, all of this? Like I need a whiteboard with names and like <laughs> when your dates are. So it's like, it's crazy. I'm like, I'm kind of glad yeah. I'm not in this dating scene right now where it's, you know, left, right. Yes. No. Like based on looks on a quick bio and mm. that, yeah. Creativity springs from deep places. After a friend and I broke off, I started writing a book. After my ex broke up with me, I made a short film with my friends. I'm Ashley Lanuza, one of the content writers at Immigrantly. Here's how I dealt with closure. In a way, detaching myself from the confusion and hurt allowed me to process those situations better. I made a freaking logistics document to get over my heartbreak. But objectifying my emotions sped up the healing process, and now I have cool things to look back on that chapter of my life. And sometimes, the end is met with joy. Breakups after a toxic relationship, or even when two people drift apart, becomes a breath of relief. To respect our boundaries, we need to choose ourselves. And sometimes, that means breaking up with a partner or a friend. This was so much fun. And in the end, as always, if you've ever listened to Immigrantly, you know what the last question is going to be. 
if you were to define america but i want to tweak it because this season about is about love and relationships and i do want to weave that concept into our questions from breakups perspective <laughs> how would you define the us oh in a breakup perspective okay yeah. i would define it as like breakups everybody is different everybody has their own story and we could still relate to it in some sort of way even if you know some of us haven't been through a breakup <laughs> there's still heartache do you think there's a universal language i'm just trying to figure out how we approach breakup in different contexts i don't think breakups are i i think breakups are don't they don't look at culture doesn't look at what you look like it it's what you feel on the inside and everyone still goes through that like my breakups are still different from my twin sisters who's been through the same exact not the same exact but who's lived a similar life with me growing up and we still can't define breakups equally so my breakups going to be different from hers so i guess it's not universal but still in a sense it's the opposite of universal Like, it's universal in a sense, but hmm. individual hmm. on its hmm. own. That's true. Makes sense. I like that. Yeah. This was so good. Thank you so much, I Joanna. I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you. So excited. Yeah. And good luck with the rest of your, your podcast. Looking forward, looking forward to hearing more of these letters. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Joanna, is there a website people can go to if they want to share their stories or want to know more about your podcast? Yes, it is www.lettertomyxpodcast.com. Wonderful. This was so good. Take Thank care. you so much, Thank Joanna. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. That's all for this week. To learn more about this episode and to stay in the loop on all things Immigrantly, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Immigrantly underscore pod and on Instagram at Immigrantly pod. Immigrantly is produced by Kylie C. Roberts, Eliza Kazmi and me, Sadia Khan, as the executive producer. Today's episode was written by Ashley Linuza, edited by Bronte Cook and produced by Kylie C. Roberts and me with help from Asit Bhatt from Refillion Media. Until next time, take care.